Handbook for Humanity is a production of the DeZormo Foundation, a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today, visit DeZormoFoundation.org. That's D-E-S-O-R-M-E-A-U-X Foundation.org. To donate, look under Funds column and choose Theology of the Body. Thank you for your prayers and support. Welcome to Handbook for Humanity. You were probably waiting for Colby's voice, and he will be along shortly. But speaking of waiting, we have a special episode for you today that will help give you some ideas of how to deal with waiting. Advent is the season of waiting for the birth of Jesus. And during this time, there are many things that can help us to learn how to wait well with patience, joy, and peace. Sit back and relax as Kobe, Adele, and me, Man on the Street Tom, join guest Kyle Malasa in a previously released episode to discuss ways to get better at waiting. So Kyle, thank you for joining us again. Thanks. It's exciting to be here again. And also joining me is Miss Adele. Yes, indeed. I'm still here. And we're not going to forget to introduce Miss Tom this time. (laughs) Good to be here. I'm filling in for Miss Becky, who is out uh, working with uh, some of her ministry programs that she has. So uh, good to be here. Awesome. So I think we have another fantastic conversation, hopefully planned but not planned. We're going to see where it goes. So the season of waiting, I think, is something that a lot of people either experience or maybe don't experience. And then when they do get to it, it's a pretty big shock. Um, and we either not prepared for it. We have to find ways to either learn how to get through that and not grasp in ways that are unhealthy or maybe harmful. Um, so yeah, we were hoping Kyle, you would join us today and share your, your experience in this topic. In my journey, um, I've had countless relationships that have ended, um, that weren't healthy for me. I was trying to fill this emptiness, this void of non, uh, that, that I didn't love myself fully, right? And even in waiting, you know, uh, I like to say that I'm waiting imperfectly sometimes. <laughs> Can you wait perfectly? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, I think so. Uh, I, I think When so. you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, meaning that, you know, uh, I feel like some days I'm really good at waiting and other days uh, when it gets difficult and you start to have all of the temptations pile up and the things in your life pile up and maybe it's easy to just kind of excuse it and just kind of, you know, whatever, right? Just to throw in the towel. And um, I think that the Lord is working on me in my journey. Um, And I think that in order to understand waiting, we have to kind of understand freedom, right? What is freedom? And uh, I'm reading a book, Interior Freedom, from Father Jacques Philippe, some of y'all might have read Searching for and Maintaining Peace. Mm-hmm. I know, Adele, we were talking I about did. that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this book, Interior Freedom, it talks about like many people have this notion that freedom is just having as many options as we want, mm-hmm. to have as many options. Uh, and that's the very like, that's the very nature of almost slavery because like you never know which option is going to truly satisfy. It's like going to a uh, uh, an all-you-can-eat buffet and just like seeing everything you want. Putting a little life. bit of everything on your plate, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and I think it was like uh, one of the experiences I heard with Brian Butler and, and the Theology of the Body Institute whenever we, we had an event at the diocese. And I 
kind of remember uh, hearing him talk about the beauty of like um, choosing one person for the sake of love, right? Like it's, it's not that your eyes are not going to like wander, but like you're choosing to be with that one person and um, that gift that you are to that one person is a really, is a really profound concept. And like, so true freedom is like not, saying, oh, I have all these choices. No, it's like narrowing it down, right? That's the true freedom. And then there's even greater freedom. I actually was hearing recently that freedom is uh, a lot of contributed to forgiveness. Hmm. I can truly be free when I have forgiven someone who has hurt me in my life. Sure. And uh, I'm going to talk about my season of waiting uh, in regards to that forgiveness of that one person. Um, so long story short, I was in the seminary as I, t- as I talked about, you know, the other day and, uh, we, and I, I kind of told y'all that I left seminary in hopes to pursue a relationship and, and, uh, I ended up going into a relationship after relationship and moved to another state for someone. That person left me. Well, when I got there, I immediately found somebody who I, uh, started dating. Um, this person, uh, I truly loved, or at least I had the idea that I loved them. Right. I, I and what was even harder is later on, this person would tell me I loved the idea of you loving me. Wow. And that's what this person shared with me. And I have heard that from someone who said, I, I just love they were engaged multiple more than once, twice, maybe something I don't remember. Anyway, and and the and the expression was I loved being in love. Mm. There there's like you said, this sensation, you know, and, and all of this and the maybe the thrill or the yeah. you know, what whatever it is. And uh love being in love. Yeah, but with one person. Sure. That's I mean, that's the goal, you know. Uh so yeah. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. No, that was beautiful. No, I, I think that it's so true because our culture today doesn't really know how to define love. And um, and, and for a long time, I didn't either, to be honest. I, I didn't know how to receive love, right? I didn't know because I had a wound and that I never addressed, that I never worked on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then even to this day, I'm still working on, right? Because yeah. it's a process. Um but for me, I entered into a relationship with someone. Um, uh, I liked the things that we did together. I liked the things that we shared. We, we, short, we shared commonality, right? But in many regards, it was almost a utilitarian love because I loved what she offered me. Right? Yeah. She offered me a sense of uh, maybe complacency, which is what I was longing for, uh, to be loved in that complacency and to be accepted, right? Um, and... Through it all, this person was very honest with me. They told me where they stood in their relationship. They told me that they weren't interested in children. They told me that um, they had no interest in, in my Catholic faith. Wow. Uh, and, you know, in love, we are seeking unconditional love. And in many regards, there's some things that can be negotiated, like, hey, I notice you leave the toilet seat up. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, those are, those are things that we can, like, 
work on right. in, a, in a relationship, things you really can't necessarily work on is a person's faith. Yeah. You know, you can't work on that. You can't work on how a person feels about openness to life. You can't can't change those things right but i in my codependency wanting perfection having this dream love in my mind uh and also fearing that i would never be loved again this mm. person showed me that the, the they showed me love and i grasped at it and in the process i ended up going through with a marriage with this person um and uh, i spent five years married to this person and uh there were many ups and downs and in many ways um you know, I thought I was fulfilled and happy, but inside this person was suffering. Hmm. And in many ways, I think we both were because I wanted this ideal perfection in, in her that was not necessarily uh, respectful on my part to demand something from this woman. Um, and, you know, in her heart, I think the most loving thing she ever did was uh, separate from me. Hmm. Um, and maybe the the nature of it was going to be painful no matter when and where it was and how it was done. But I think at the end, um, it, it needed to happen, um, for me to find true love and to work on myself. Um, and, and, and to kind of talk about the waiting aspect of it is as I'm pursuing my life and desiring relationships and, and desiring the unity again, right? Because I know that I am authentically called to authentic, free, total, faithful, fruitful marriage. Um, I know that this is a period of waiting, right? And uh, the church has that process through the annulment. You know, as I wait now for the annulment process, uh, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that uh, through the um, evidence provided by my witnesses and by uh, testimony, um, that the church will see that, like, the, the marriage was not truly sacramental because we entered it without the willingness to have children and to be open to life. Um, and so for my journey, though, now is is learning how to love myself. And I think that that's what the waiting is all about, right? Sure. The waiting is learning to love authentically, to be intimate, right? I want to I say this quote real quick. I love it. I was As I was preparing for this, um, we're in the season of Advent, the season of waiting. And I love the idea of, of Advent being a, a season where we're waiting for Christ, the parousia, being connected with the incarnational reality of our human experience. And I want to quote this. It says, this intimate, immediate dependency on Emmanuel, God with us, has been in all ages the characteristic of, Almost the definition of being a Christian. That's powerful. Yeah. This idea that all of Christianity is literally the pursuit of waiting. And I think that as I get frustrated maybe with the process, wanting to maybe grasp and like hurry up, right? Yeah. No, there is this beauty in Christianity of waiting for Christ who is truly going to fulfill my desires. And if I can accept that first then I'll be able to authentically love another person the way I was supposed to do it from the get-go, right? but was, was hurt. A couple of examples of, um, of this Advent thing. I was at Mass earlier today, and uh, whatever reason, I knew I was coming here to record, and um, the, the concept of waiting, this topic that we're talking about, and um, 
whatever it popped into my mind how many generations from you know when they do that just before christmas they have the genealogy of jesus and it goes on and on with he was the father of and the father of and all of that stuff okay anyway so i was thinking of that and i believe i remember hearing at some point from abraham to what david or something that was 14 generations and then to the babylonian exile 14 more and then you know whatever anyway so i was doing the little math in the back of my little back of my little pad and um from abraham to now is approximately i gave each generation 70 years you know give or take a few few days um 5,000 years and and i don't know if that's you know scripturally you know historically accurate or not but um just a ballpark figure for me 5,000 years um, and Jesus, I mean, midpoint there are 2,000 years ago, Jesus did come. But the people waited, you know, what, 3,000 years? 3,000 years? And I hate waiting at the red light yeah. at the corner. Exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, you oh got to wait, you know, you know, 70 seconds. Oh, my God, only six cars get to go. Oh. But whatever. Anyway, so, but, but the point is that we all have experiences of waiting different things. But that is part of the handbook for humanity i don't know is learning how to wait well patience yeah learning how to wait it's this it's a fact of life you know you gotta wait so can i yeah go ahead jump in you use the red light but i'll I'll bring it up other than those bigger that may actually make a bunch of people angry but christmas 21 days to christmas you know 14 shopping days eight days countdown yeah but now and tom will know like what i'm talking about but one of the the best marketing strategies for competition is first to market. So all these companies are racing to be the first one to put up their Christmas decorations and play the music in the store so that they can get the shopping dollars. But in reality, like, no, like there's this period of waiting that we're not even, we're not even seeing and we're not even appreciating. I remember years and years ago, I had a roommate and Christmas came and he put up the tree, but he didn't put any decorations on it. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, it's Advent. It's like, okay, well, are we gonna like put ornaments and stuff on the tree? He's like, no, it's not. It's not Christmas yet. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you know, the period of Advent, you you can put up the tree, but oftentimes it's not the actual Christmas season yet. So I'm gonna wait till Christmas Eve, after the vigil mass, and then we'll decorate the tree, and then we'll leave the tree up for the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And this concept was like so foreign to me. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> it is a Christmas season, but no, like leaning into like no, we have these intentional periods of waiting anticipation for that which we're going to be given as a gift and we kind of talked about that in the last episode right like there's god told adam and eve you should have every fruit in the tree in the garden except this one right trust it's like when we think of christmas and advent like mary was pregnant you don't just have intimate relations and then the next day you have a baby right Right. there's this period of waiting and growth um and now that I'm remembering, actually, I think one of the roots of the words um, womb is mercy and like this period of forgiveness, right? Kyle, you talk about like freedom and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But what I want to do is like maybe pass back to you, Kyle. This You mentioned separation and, and this time of, of waiting. Can I ask what is it you're waiting for? Like what is it that you, in this season of life, what is your season of waiting? So as of right now, um, as we talked about before, um, this idea of reciprocation in relationships, I feel like God has placed someone in my path recently uh, that 
I feel is a very special person. And, um, and in this season of waiting, uh, I think that God has shown me now what a free, total, faithful, and love could look like, right? He's given me glimpses of it. And he also gives me a glimpse of it through, as Adele just mentioned, this, this, uh, this idea of the covenant that God gives us, right? His promise, his fulfillment that he will be with us until the end of time. And I think that in this regard, the catechism uh, number 64 says, through the prophets, God forms his people in the hope of salvation, in the expectation of a new and everlasting covenant. And I believe that in my own journey right now, I am longing for that new marital covenant. I am looking for that authentic love that I know God has always called me to. And yet because of my human folly, because of my own weakness and poor decisions, God is allowing me to suffer. And I think that the beauty of this suffering is the word patience, right? The very nature of the word patience is to suffer. And I think that in our culture today, that teaches us to just avoid suffering, to push it aside, and and that ultimately marriage is about our own fulfillment. Isn't that interesting that if marriage is about our own fulfillment, it's no wonder our society right now is rampant in their divorces. And it's no wonder that it takes a very long time for the annulment process. It's because people right now are rushing Rather than being patient and waiting and discerning, right, is this person that I'm with right now truly the one that I'm called to sacramentally unite myself to? And there's that distinction, right? The distinction between marriage and a sacrament that is so important. And to understand that, like, I was married, yes. But sacramentally, that's still up for questioning as this annulment process continues. And I do believe, I, I pray, I pray for, for a quick and swift judgment. I do. I pray for that, right? So that I can move on and hopefully find that new and everlasting covenant that I'm longing for. But until that time, it's a period of waiting. It's a period of suffering. It's a period of patience, of wanting to be in union, but still feeling severed right now. Uh, and that's why I think that people, many people downplay the annulment process or they, they say how evil and corrupt it is. In, in, in all honesty, I look at the annulment process as a freedom, as a actual, I can't wait to receive judgment because I know at that day that when I receive that, my heart will be lifted, right? Because I'll truly be um, whole again, Yeah. right? I'll be myself. Because a part of me now has been severed, broken, destroyed, hurt, right? And it's hurt and trust and being able to trust people again, right? Uh, there's a lot of hurt there. But the beauty is that God will fulfill me, right? Like that is who I really am longing for and have to continually remind myself um, that God is, this is the purpose of my journey, the trials of my life that God has allowed. Can I maybe ask to, and I'll, I'll just kind of tee up maybe one thought I have from college professional experience. So I don't lean on a lot, but risk management is what I've been doing for over a decade. And the idea of uncertainty is what makes so many people struggle. 
is that you're you're in this situation, you're in this period, you're in this the circumstance where you don't know what's going to happen, and waiting to know what happens is the most difficult part. And so it's this. Um, I mean, the risk management industry is like quantified risk in certain ways. So like, I don't consider myself a weirdo because <laughs> I understand risk in a certain capacity. And it's like, okay, it can happen. It can't. Well, we'll just deal with it when it happens. But for a lot of people, they may not have that perception of like, this is a genuine effect in your life. And so this period of waiting, although you have, I think, a good level of confidence in what you would, again, pray and, and ask that the, the outcome would be, is the uncertainty of this time and process part of your struggle? Absolutely. I would think that the uncertainty is that now it's, it's hinging on the ability for me to make a decision in my life to move forward. Sure. Um, knowing that I have certainty is not the same as knowing that the church who has the ability to bind and loose all things, right? Sure. Uh, that's the authority that I assert. That's the authority that I trust in. That's the authority that I, I consent my full uh, will and intellect to, right? knowing that only in God will I experience this. And I think that this is, this is a quote that I hear from uh, Father Jacques Philippe about this in regards to freedom. And he says, only under the gaze of God can we fully and truly accept ourselves. Hmm. We need to be looked upon by someone who says, as God did through the prophet Isaiah, you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. It's what I really long for is to be loved. Can you share with us, and I want to open this up to, to everybody, but um, can you share with us in this season that you're going through right now uh, of waiting, when do you think you personally have waited well in this process, and when mm. do you feel like you maybe are not waiting well? It's a great question. Um, so I, uh, I, I talk to a lot of priests and friends uh, in, the, in regards to uh, the annulment process. And um, where I feel like I've waited well is uh, spending time in prayer, uh, especially with friends, people I care about, uh, especially this person that I'm, you know, hopefully one day will pursue in the future, praying with that person, allowing them to be a part of this, this waiting period um, to suffer with me. You know, uh, this person has also been through the process, knows what it's like, knows the pains of it. Uh, and, you know, to see uh, that there's healing on the other side. I'll never forget when I first was going through the initial uh, process, um, just for anonymity's sake, I, I'm going to keep this person's name uh, safe. Um, but this person is someone I looked up to as a youth minister. And, you know, as as I said, I've been doing youth ministry for almost 13 years. And, and the most embarrassing thing was being a youth minister and his marriage failing. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, what kind of man am I if I couldn't keep my own marriage together? Here I am. I used to, like, make fun of people for divorce. Wow. I used to think how horrible it is, period. There's no excuse for it. And, and now having experienced it myself, I'm like, holy smokes. Um, this particular person who I look up to is a high name youth minister. He's been on uh, countless resources uh, in youth ministry. And he pulled me aside and he said, I was once married and my marriage ended in divorce. And now I'm remarried and 
of course, through the process of waiting. Uh, he, he says, I'm married now and have a beautiful family and there is hope through it all. There will be hope. Um, it's just a matter of how long, right? Hmm. Some days are easier than others, you know, and we, we were, I think the church right now was inundated during COVID-19. Uh, and that caused a, a, a backlog, if you will. And um, I know my pastor, uh, who was my previous uh, em- employer, he said, brother, I- I'm going to pray with you because I know how hard this is going to be. You know, he was like, man, I've, I've been working on a case and it's you know been two years, three years. And um, I can't imagine if you're a listener and you're maybe in this experience with me or Maybe you know somebody who's in this experience with me. Um, prayer is when you can do this well, when you suffer well. Without prayer, and I think when you start to focus on your own situation, woe is me, and you start to grasp like the episode we talked before, when you start to grasp at things, that's whenever you feel anxious. And I think that when I'm grasping, that's when I get anxious and uh the, 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 the burden of this impatience comes up, right? Um, but whenever I'm in peace with the Lord and asking the Lord for his grace and his healing and his help, when I'm in prayer, that's when I, I can kind of work through it. Um, but it is difficult. And to say it's not would be a lie, you know? My, my thought that's coming to me is, uh, and about waiting well and so forth, no doubt that the Lord has given us waiting and seasons, intentional waiting, those those kinds of things, um, as a gift, because he knows us, he knows how we are, he knows that we're impatient, we want what we want right away, you know, and that kind of stuff. But remember, too, that um, he delayed his coming, or his, his coming, which we're about to celebrate at Christmas. Uh, by the way, putting up Christmas ornaments, you know, the day after uh, Halloween, I, I might think that might be grasping yeah (laughs) maybe that's what that is (laughs) can't wait okay anyway um so uh but uh back to the the other thing is uh that we are waiting uh for the lord and he has these intentions why you know why he wants us to wait and it what's popping into my head right now is that when all was ready when all was ready he sent um, the Holy Spirit to the Virgin, okay? And, and, uh, and, I mean, first Gabriel, obviously. When all was ready, see, Kyle, everybody, it might not be ready yet. You're not ready. You're not baked. You're not cooked. You're not, you know, you're not, um, you know, whatever the thing, the nine months of the baby, you don't have a baby the next day, you know, whatever, that kind of thing, you know. Everything takes time, and, and and the period of waiting is a learning period. Yes, you know so much. And if we are open, I think uh, answering Tom's question, how do you wait well? You know, being open. Okay, what are you teaching me today? What am I supposed to be learning today from this particular experience? Something that might help you to wait well. And last point, uh, in case I don't get another turn, um, Jesus is waiting for us. He says so in Revelations. I stand at the door and knock. Anybody home? (laughs) 
knock, 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 you know. If he opens, I will come in and have dinner with him. Amen. Okay, so we got we to gotta open, you know, so he's even waiting. Yeah. Yes. Jesus is waiting. And then I do recall also, you know, oh, how long do I have to stay with you people? You know, <laughs> when am I beam me up, Scotty, you know, kind of, you know, get me out of here. This, these people are obnoxious. Anyway, um, those are just some thoughts I had. I really do love what you just said, mm-hmm. and it really permeates in my heart right now as you say that. It reminds me of one of my, uh, I call her my spiritual mama. She, uh, she was a part of my conversion. Uh, they used to have a retreat in our diocese for 25 years, and this person uh, impacted my life, and she talked about... Uh, how love is like a rose and when you want that rose to bloom if you try to pull it apart the actual petals will fall off and it removes the beauty of it and i think that waiting is like waiting for that rose to blossom and she actually remember whenever i first was in my separation period not even divorced yet I had called her up and I said, hey, this is what's going on. And she says, oh, I'm so excited. I said, what? You're excited for me? I'm in the midst of suffering and you're all excited. And I was like, please tell me why. And she explained. She says, I'm I'm excited to see what God's going to do to you through all of this. Mm. And that hit me. And it's a lot like you said. Mm -hmm. God is working on my heart. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have to be obedient to the church, to the church's teaching, and to the to the faith that I have that God is going to get me through all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that, Adele. That was beautiful. Okay. It really was. Um, I mean, inspiration I had at Mass this morning. <laughs> well, it's, it's perfect. And it's also just a testament to yeah. the ways that the Lord has already spoken to us and the ways that we can learn from Him. There's so many images in Scripture about waiting. Mm-hmm for the Lord or waiting for like the, the virgins that are waiting for the bridegroom, right? Right, right. They have to wait for him to come. Um, also think like revelation revealed too quickly is, can also be harmful. So we need to be prepared for when that revelation comes so that we can handle it appropriately. I'm just thinking of like Moses, right? Moses went up the mountain and the Lord revealed himself to him and his face shone so brightly. He said when he went down, the people couldn't take how bright his face was. It's like they weren't ready to have that revelation of God at that time. So Moses had to cover his face until it either faded or they were ready, right? So it's like things happening too quickly is can be harmful. So there is this this kind of necessary period of like we we need to be formed, right? We need to take that as a, a time to learn. Um, and so to Kyle, I think you mentioned it and you said it greatly, like for those who are listening and maybe going through this uh, same experiences as you are, or maybe something else in your life. It's a season of waiting. We would want to encourage you to take advantage of the great gift, which is Advent to pray with that season of waiting with the blessed Virgin as we await the birth of our Lord. Um, One of the uh, tools with a uh, shameless plug for our podcast, um, you can go back and listen to some of our other episodes possibly, right, while you're waiting. Because, yeah, what a great story and and, uh, testimony on that, Kyle, is um, you invited other people to come into your life, and God provided other people to to come in and help you wait well. So that's a a great solution, not put all this on your own shoulder— uh, because then what you said, what starts to happen is you get inside yourself, but you were able to open up 
and uh, and do that. And so um, hopefully, you know, what we talk about on these shows um, is something that could be fruitful out there in the world and and help people wait well. Right. And I just want to kind of put a plug in, too. If if you're challenged in waiting, uh, I always want to plug in my counselor brothers and sisters in the field of counseling and mental health. I, I truly believe that uh, seeking that help that you need, and, and, and I call it chiseling the armor, getting it uh, equipped so that you can uh, work on yourself to, as Adele said, receive that kind of love the correct way this time, right? Um, and I just kind of want to share this. This is, uh, again, Father Jacques Philippe too. Uh, when we see ourselves with God's eyes, we will experience freedom. And uh, it's to be double free, right? Um, free to understand that we are sinners, right? But we are also becoming saints. Now, the freedom of being a sinner doesn't mean that we're free to sin, right? Um, Without worrying about the consequences, right? That would be irresponsible, but it means that we are called to, to love ourselves, right? To love ourselves in the midst of our trials and tribulations, knowing that we are tomorrow's saints, hopefully. Um, So I just want to share that too, that, um, understand that we're going to rise and fall. And I tell this to people all the time. It's like a peak and valley in in, in a mountain. Um, You have your highs and your lows in life. Uh, It's when you're flatline. That's when you're dead spiritually. Hmm. You're either moving towards God or away from God. We learn that in, you know, the rules of discernment, right? Um, And the key is to to be in movement though, right? To be stagnant. That's whenever it's unhealthy. Oh man, I made me think of so many other things, but we, yeah. we said the word patience recently. I've been, I pray with words. I know it sounds weird, but I pray with words. The one that recently I've been reflecting on is, is the word resilience. And the word resilience is also related to like a rubber band. It's, we get stretched and then you bounce back. And it's those periods of waiting and those periods of stress are the things that we're, we're being stretched. We're being challenged. We're being pulled. But with the hope and the intention that we, we get pulled back to where we need to be. Um, so I, man, I always feel bad in, in these things, but, uh, Kyle, I want to thank you for, for joining us and sharing part of your story. Um, and for, for being vulnerable and, and open with us. And we, we will definitely continue to pray with you, uh, as you go through this process and, um, wrap up we said a couple really good nuggets i think our listeners can take away but maybe what's one thing that you'd like to impart on i just want to continue to to thank uh, thank you guys for the opportunity to share my testimony to share my story my journey and just know for the listeners uh that i'm praying for you and that um as we continue to to work together to to build the kingdom so god bless all of you fantastic thank you kyle for being with us today awesome and thank you everyone for listening um And we will see you next time. You can find everything we referenced and discussed in today's show notes. If you'd like to contact us with a question or comment or anything you want to share, let us know. Please send an email to handbookfh1 at gmail.com. Again, that's handbookfh1 at gmail.com. Please subscribe to this podcast. We're available on all major networks such as Spotify, Apple, or Google. If you have a minute, please leave a review. Honest, what you think. We definitely want to know. Share with your friends, family, anyone who is human that you think can benefit from these conversations. Handbook for Humanity is a production of the DeZormo Foundation 
a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today, visit desormofoundation.org. That's D-E-S-O-R-M-E-A-U-X foundation.org. To donate, look under funds column and choose Theology of the Body. Thank you for your prayers and support.